0: I have noticed a lot of trauma survivors have difficulties being hyper-aroused in the middle of the night, and they experience a lot of nightmares, and insomnia actually is one of the most common sleep issues after a traumatic experience. So today, we have Ashley, who actually is a trauma survivor, and she's going to discuss with us her own healing journey, and especially how she turned something so horrible into something so beautiful. So welcome to Deep Into Sleep Podcast. I'm your host, Ishan. Let's welcome Ashley. Hi, Ashley. Welcome to Deep Into Sleep Podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so happy to have you because I know you are doing quite a lot of healing journey yourself and you've been helping a lot of people to heal from trauma, mental disorders. So I'm wondering, do you want to share with our audience a little bit? What got you into this interest, into this field?
1: Um, What got me into this process? was most of it was actually from the detectives when I sat down with them. Um, They asked me to make them a promise. And I was like, okay, what is that promise? And they said, please don't turn to the streets for prostitution, drugs, or alcohol. And that kind of really pulled at my Mm -hmm. heartstrings quite a bit. That was the first questions that came out of their mouth was that promise. And that just tells you right there how high the statistics are for survivors of crime actually turning to the street. Like, this is a worldwide epidemic. This isn't just an Ashley situation. This happens every day, all the time. There are survivors of crime every single day around the world.
0: Wow. So, you are a survivor of a crime. Can yes. You share more detail of what what have you been through?
1: Yes, so I never once looked at myself as someone who was a victim. I truly believe um, I'm a survivor and I've come out of this stronger and wiser. So in 2016, in July, actually I was assaulted on a trail while running. And then a couple of weeks after that incident happened, I found myself being a witness to a homicide. So my ex had come back from out West um, and then he came back and he was like living with me and living with another friend, like going back and forth while he was trying to get his feet back on the ground. Then he called me on August 28, 2016, around 5 a.m. He called me, which I didn't think anything of. And he asked me to come over. So I did. And he locked all the doors behind me, told me that I wasn't going anywhere. Pointed a knife to my back, strangled me because I wouldn't help clean up the murder scene, and then sexually assaulted me. And then I had to run down 18 flights of stairs. I missed him literally by seconds. I then called 911. I ran across the street to a convenience store. And then the police took me into their car and I went to the police station. An ambulance followed, um, and they came in and checked out my neck and everything from being strangled I was asked questions and gave my statement to them and from there it was just it was emotional it was horrible it was just awful and then in October 2016 I just I couldn't take all the emotions I just couldn't take everything and I ended up trying to kill myself by mixing some pills with alcohol I thought to myself, how selfish are you being right now when you have a duty to testify and to bring justice like you're a key witness in this investigation.
0: Wow, that's a like really traumatic sounds like. So you walked into a murder scene and you were assaulted horribly you managed to escape even you escaped sounds like there's a lot of mental um, burden on yourself Oh,
1: there was like everybody thinks of me as this like positive happy go lucky person and they think that trauma can never happen to somebody like that but you know what trauma doesn't care if you're rich upper class middle class trauma doesn't care what race you are how old you are none of that trauma will happen when trauma will happen and it was definitely so overwhelming, the anxiety, the depression, the PTSD, the f- constant flashbacks. Every time I heard a sound, I would jump. Um, I cried a lot in public. Like I'd just like be out somewhere and all of a sudden I would just start crying. It was embarrassing, it was humiliating. And then I had to this like other thing that I was dealing with as well, the forgiveness. So I blamed myself for what happened. I thought maybe if I got this individual help, like I'm not saying I saw that he was gonna do this situation, but I knew he was a little bit depressed. I'm like, you know, maybe I should have pushed him towards a counselor or something. I had a lot of resentment towards myself. Like I felt guilty for being able to cross the street. I felt guilty for going to work out. I felt guilty just for being alive.
0: Wow. You are really putting a lot on yourself.
1: Well, that's how you feel after you've been through trauma. You, you know, like anyone does this. You know, you go through all the what ifs, you go through all the kadashiras, you know, you just feel this overwhelming sense of guilt. And it's so hard. I think that was the most challenging piece, was trying to learn to forgive myself. Like I had so much hate. I had so much anger towards myself. You know, a life was taken as a result of this. And I come out and I'm able to live a life. That to me just wasn't fair. It was awful. I just felt so much guilt for being here.
0: Mm, Sounds like a lot of self-criticism, self-torturing, there was a war inside of yourself.
1: Oh, there was a battle. Like I had to come face to face with it. And you know what, to be honest, my trauma just didn't start there. And when you're going through the healing journey and you're trying to recover, you have to go back to where your trauma started. And my trauma started way before 2016. My trauma started when I was little, I family dynamics growing up. I mean, it wasn't, Awful, but it wasn't perfect either. Like my biological dad punched holes in the wall and hit me across the head and called me, I think, stupid. So, like, that's where it started. And then I got bullied in school, and it just became like a layer after layer after layer of trauma. Then my first relationship ever was a domestic violent relationship. It was horrific. It was, uh, he ended up cheating on me as a result, but I lived with the person too. So you really have to go back to where your trauma starts and you have to go through every single emotion in order to heal, in order to deal with it. And until you're ready to do that process and make that commitment to yourself, then you really can't heal. You have to go through all your chapters.
0: Wow. I hear a lot of courage out of you to be able to go back and get, dig all those out and start facing them one by one in order to heal. Sounds like a very, very painful journey of healing.
1: It was, it it definitely was, but I I think you gotta be ready to feel every single emotion because if you run from it, sooner or later, it's gonna catch up with you and it's gonna be worse. Like you're in this life only once and you have to decide how you wanna live your life. And do you want to live it in constant fear and regret? Or do you want to face everything? And do you want to take care of yourself? I think self-care is so vital. Like it's okay to cancel those plans that you made with friends. If you just need to sit and you need to watch a movie or you just need that time for yourself. Like for me, I'll tell you what's saved my life right now. Two things. Counseling, the gym, actually three things. And my support system. Those three things saved my life. I wouldn't be where I am today without them. And it's going to be different for every single person. Every single person is going to have something different that gets them to their recovery stage. And, you know, rather that's knitting, you know, sewing, running, walking, jogging, you know, you have to find what works for you not what works for somebody else. This is about you and your journey of healing and growth and self-care. I think self-care is just so vital. That is not being selfish ever. There's nothing wrong with taking a step back and doing you.
0: Right, right, exactly. And there's nothing wrong for you to survive, for you to be able to live. Right. So I know a lot of uh, of my patients who went through trauma, who have PTSD, they have all kinds of symptoms you mentioned. They're flashback, they're gonna get triggered by a scene, by a sound, by anything. They can jump up right there, things come back to them. A lot of people have nightmares because when we sleep at night, a lot of emotions tend to flood back in. So there are a lot of lot of these symptoms, and people tend to withdraw themselves if they're depressed yeah. they naturally when people are in that mood and blaming yourself saying um you don't deserve to to live or whatever they won't seek out help so I'm wondering in those difficult moments sounds like the detective really encouraged you but how did you get yourself? out there to decide, okay, I'm gonna seek counseling. I'm gonna seek support. I'm gonna do something for self care, right? What did you do? What got you out of that, that deep hole sounds like and eventually accept yourself and eventually start this all these resources?
1: Well, I definitely think that my nurse practitioner helped as well. Mm-hmm. She put her life on hold and and spoke with me every week. And I think what the detective said to me really played a key part. And I think too, like me trying to end my own life was like a huge wake up call because I literally skipped a day of my life and I woke up a day later. I can't, I can't do this. Like, who is this helping? I am literally being so selfish right now because people are relying on me to help them to help them testify like i have a duty i have an obligation to this family to help them get justice served being in counseling and you know having two jobs at the time too like i needed to be healthy for work i needed to be and i was also working at the gym too so i was like you know what it's time that i just get back to the gym like nobody else is going to push my hand and force myself in this i have to be the one get up and start being motivated you spoke briefly about the triggers there there are some things that are very triggering for me still to this day actually so because i was in the middle of a murder scene there was obviously blood splattered in that as well and Mm -hmm. i can't do anything the color red i i cannot like i work with kids And they'll ask me to like paint with like red and I can never paint with the color red. I can't wear a red lipstick anymore. Like the color red is one of my biggest triggers.
0: Wow. So it's impact to you.
1: Yeah. I just, I can't even look at the, I can't even buy a red dress anymore. I can't, I just, I can't. And you know what? Like I've, I've made peace with that. Like that's just, you know, I, I just have to stay away from it and, and I'm okay. But that triggers me.
0: Yeah. But but I like what you just mentioned. You realize what are the triggers in your life. And yeah. Instead of running away from it, you try to live with it. You try to manage it, cope with it.
1: Yeah. And that's what you have to do too. You know, you really have to highlight what your triggers are. And, you know, if your triggers are alcohol or if they're drugs or if they're a certain color, then you have to do what you need to do in order to stay away from that and not dive into that temptation. You know what I mean? Like you have to be willing to say, this is my trigger. How can I fix it?
0: I really like um, you mentioned several times you have to be the one right? To make the movement and make the choice. I really like how you empower yourself throughout this healing journey. And I'm sure your story possibly has inspired a lot of people who went through similar things or who are still struggling. And I'm curious uh, in your own healing journey, or when you feel like you're at a, good place have you noticed anyone you have inspired along the way
1: actually yeah quite a few people have like reached out to me and I will tell you too like that's a part of the healing process, too, right? Like it inspires me and it motivates me and I'm driven by it. and I'm passionate about other people reaching out to me. i I love that people are comfortable enough to share their stories of their trauma and their healing with me. I actually just had a girl, asked me if she could post that she's my elementary school friend. And she asked me if she can make a post on my Facebook group about her childhood trauma. And she made a whole post about her childhood trauma. So the fact that she was able to come out and share her story is so inspiring to me that she has come such a huge way in her journey And that she was able to speak out and empower and motivate other people just by sharing her story. Like people don't understand the impact their story has on somebody else. Because you know what? If she can get through it, then so can somebody else. They can also get through it. Sharing your trauma is the most special thing that you can do. It is a gift. And I think by sharing that, you become a teaching tool, a teaching lesson for somebody else who is on this similar journey of yours.
0: Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah. And I think you, how you get through it, and it can connect with a lot of people much better than for example me as a psychologist say hey i'm helping you it's very different right when someone went through similar things but find a way out and really heal themselves that can make people feel so connected feels like you really turning turn something horrible into something so beautiful and impactful
1: Thank you. Well, you know what? It's all about turning pain into strength. That's what it comes down to at the end of the day. You know, I'm not sharing this journey for people to like, oh, feel guilty or or whatever. Like that's, that's not what I want. I want to inspire other people to share their traumas and share their journey with the world and know that, no, you're not alone. Somebody else is going through this journey too with you. Somebody else is here for you. And you know. People that are going through trauma, they don't need judgment. All they need is a listening ear, just someone to listen without any comments of negativity. And that's another thing, too. I think relationships are very key and very powerful in the healing recovery. You know, you have to make sure that you maintain those positive relationships, And that you get rid of anything that is toxic in your life for you. Like I've had to cut ties with some of my biological family because it just, it wasn't healthy for me. You can't be afraid to cut off those relationships. Even if you've been with somebody for 10 years, if they're not willing to put the effort into the relationship, or you feel like you're always giving and it's giving, giving, and they're just take, take, take from you. That's not a relationship that's not doing yourself a favor. I think relationships are so vital into the healing recovery. You have to look at the relationships that are going to support you, that are going to uplift you, that are going to motivate you, that give you self-confidence, that give you self-worth, that give you that positive light. That's what you need in order to continue on the healing journey.
0: Right. Yeah. Social support is important, but also again, it's on you, right? On yourself yes. to choose yes. and pick and keep the healthy social support around you.
1: And you have to set boundaries for yourself, you know. You can't be giving a hundred percent in relationships. Every relationship needs to be 50-50. I don't care who they are, family, not family, you know, a relationship for 10 years, it has to be a solid foundation and it has to be a healthy,
0: solid foundation at that. Wow. I love that. So I know you've been writing books, you have courses to help people further. You share that with us. So I'm sure a lot of audience right now, possibly already very excited, want to get to know you more. Yes. So I'm actually
1: launching a course and it's called Heal. That will be out in the next couple of months or weeks, I think. So I'm really excited about launching that as well. So we're just working on like editing the videos. And then I also have a YouTube channel that's gonna be coming out soon as well. So I'm really excited about that. And that will have some of my podcasts. And then I have Ashleyinspires.com, which I'm super, super excited about. Um, So that's where you can also purchase my book here, Finding Strength Through Tragedy. And then also there's blogs on my website as well. So some of the blogs talk about depression. And then there's also um, community resources and supports. Um, centers that you can get in touch with. Um, There's also why it's important to not just leave a domestic violent relationship, to have an exit plan. That separation assault means that you're at your highest risk of death when you leave your abuser. So I talk about having a safety plan when you're leaving your abuser. I also talk about a life sentence. So people think with me now that the court process is over, oh, well, this is all over. Actually, no. It's just the beginning. I have to deal with my ex for the rest of my life. I have now been served a life sentence where now I get parole letters and parole packages about, you know, testing scores or when he's going to be up for parole, vice versa. So that's still an ongoing thing. And I'm so grateful that I'm still in touch with my counselor and that I still have that option. To talk to her whenever I get upset. So I'm not taking two steps backwards, I'm taking two steps forward.
0: Wow. So it's, it's still an ongoing journey. And it is. Yeah. All the skills, all the knowledge you have learned how to cope with it. Learned once, it can help you continuously.
1: Exactly. It's an ongoing process. It's an ongoing journey. When you're at your weak moments, it's about reaching out to those to support. I think that that is so vital.
0: Right. So in your course, I'm curious, what is a course designed for? Is that designed for other people similar? It's called
1: HEAL. So it's like people who have like gone through trauma or hardships. And it's just videos along with questions about what they think heal is, what they think empathy is. That's just a little bit of information right there about it. But I'm, I'm really happy. It's just a way to like self reflect and it's a way to dig deep and it's a way to get to know yourself better and get to know what you deserve and what you don't deserve. It talks about, you know, the relationships, setting boundaries, like it's a stage where you can grow and where you can learn and where you can better yourself to get to where you need to be.
0: Right, right, right. Wow, wonderful. So, your book, your course, that sounds very um, structured way to help yeah. people step by step, right? What they can do to help themselves. Yes.
1: And I'm also on TikTok as well. And then I also have a group on Facebook, and that's called Finding Strength Through Tragedy. And then there's also an Instagram that is Finding Strength Through Tragedy as well. And it shares videos. um, It shows quotes and stuff like that um, to help motivate and inspire people because that's what this journey is all about. It's about inspiring and being uplifting and creating a positive change. And ending some of the silent epidemics as well. You know, people don't talk enough about depression, anxiety, PTSD, and some people are embarrassed of those things. And I don't think that that's an embarrassment at all. I think it's a true test to your strength that you can go through something so horrific and you can get to the other side of it. I think that's huge.
0: Exactly, exactly. And of course, a lot of people tend to uh, numb themselves, right? They use alcohol, they use drugs, they use sleeping pills, just knock themselves down. But through your experience, we can see clearly when you can gather the strengths and resources to support yourself to really face it. And then that's when you really can heal yourself.
1: Oh, absolutely. It's, you know, being able to face it head on. It's being able to confront and and feel everything that you need to feel and not be upset about the fact that you have PTSD, depression, anxiety. I take those things in strides. I take them as a learning process. Like when I'm depressed, I self-reflect and ask myself, okay, what can I do to try to make this day better for myself? It's really comes down to understanding yourself and finding that sounding board that's going to help you get through that difficult day. Because not every day is like rainbows and sunshines. You know, you're going to have your day-to-day struggles. You're going to have those moments of triggers, like when I get a pro letter. But what do you do to get through that? That's what you have to ask yourself. What can I do to help myself? Because nobody else is coming for you. Nobody else is going to pull you out of this other than yourself. You have the power and the control to help yourself. Nobody else has that power and
0: control. Exactly. And finding what you have control over, do something about that. Not struggling, just ducking with, oh, I have no control over this, what I should do.
1: You know, I will tell you during COVID, I mean, I was a little bit depressed, obviously the gyms were closed. So doing a home workout isn't quite the same. I mean, you can do that at any time that you want. There's no structure. There's no routine. There's no consistency. And I kind of like when they had the bookings at the gym too. Yeah, it sucked that it was only an hour. But at least you knew, okay, I have to be at the gym for nine o'clock. So I have to get up at this time. I have to shower at this time. You know, it's so vital too, to have that constant structure, um, consistency, I think that that is vital in getting through trauma is having consistency, routine, and structure. I think that that is the most important thing in order to get healthy is having that
0: right so about
1: you know what's coming next,
0: Yes, consistency and all this you mentioned. And earlier, the three key things you mentioned love that, right? Social support, gym, counseling. All those are very important for our audience to listen to and remember. And hopefully that can help a lot of people at least know where to get started, to start finding out what really works for them. So actually, I will put all the account information you mentioned on the show note at deepintosleep.co. And after your course launch, please send me a link so I can add it to the show notes. When people listen to
1: podcasts,
0: podcast, they can get your course directly and your book. I will put them all there.
1: Thank you so much. And anyone that listens to your podcast too also um, gets 10% off of my book um, by using the code, which the code can actually um, be the title of your podcast. If you want to do that, we
0: can Yeah. Do that. yeah. Oh, that sounds good. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, no problem.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm so glad to have the chance to talk to you. So I want to thank you for the code on behalf of our audience. So the code, um, if you can set it to deep into sleep, I think that can be easier for our audience to remember and to use it. Uh, I really hope someone will go to check out your book, your course, all the wonderful resources you mentioned to you know to help themselves if anyone need so near the end of our show uh, I'm wondering is there any last wisdom you want to share uh, you want like at the last moment talk to our audience yes
1: yes um, believe in yourself always and know that you can conquer anything and you will get through it um like I said before you're gonna have your rocky days and you're gonna have some good days and you know what don't be afraid to be happy after you've experienced trauma. You know, you deserve to live the best possible life for yourself that you can be. And another thing too, I know people with anxiety suffer from this because I know I do. I am definitely an overthinker and I'm definitely overanalyze things. And my best advice to you is just live and be present for the moment. Focus on the here and the now because we have no control over what tomorrow's going to bring. It's today that matters. And if you need to take day by day, that's how you do it. If you need to take hour by hour, then that's how you do it. There is nothing wrong with being slow and steady.
0: Love, love it. Thank you so much, Ashley.
1: Thank you so much for having me and I appreciate it.
0: If you are inspired by Ashley's story as much as me, Please leave me a message. Let me know what you got out of this episode the most. So at the end of the show, I just want to announce again that my Chinese online course for sleep has launched. I have two courses. One is a brief version of sleep quality improvement course. The other one is the four week long CBT for insomnia treatment course. Both are in Chinese right now, and you can find them on our website at mindbodygarden.com slash course. Other than the sleep course, we also have courses covering career development, parenting skill, relationship improvement. So please check them out if you think you can benefit from them. Thank you so much for listening. I really, really appreciate you. If you have any questions about sleep, If you have any guests you want me to invite to my show, please email me and let me know. So I'm your host, Ishan. Thank you for listening to our podcast, Deep Into Sleep. I will see you in two weeks.
1: Sleep is an individual thing. We all sleep differently. And there is so much we can do to improve sleep quality. Keep hope and carry on. This podcast is for general informational purpose only and does not include the practice of medicine or other health professional services.
0: Usage of the information we share is at the listener's own risk. And our content does not intend to be a substitute for any medical and professional services, diagnoses, and treatment. Please seek professional health services as needed. Are you suffering from insomnia? I promise you